chapter four part three of the life of washington volume five by john marshall this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter four part three in the house of representatives a committee of five had been appointed to prepare a respectful answer to the speech three of whom were friends to the administration knowing well that the several propositions it contained could not be noticed in detail without occasioning a debate in which sentiments opposed to those of the address would be expressed probably by a majority of the house and hoping that the disposition would be general to avow in strong terms their attachment to the person and character of the president the committee united in reporting an answer which in general terms promised due attention to the various subjects recommended to their consideration but was full and explicit in the expression of attachment to himself and of approbation of his administration but the unanimity which prevailed in the committee did not extend to the house after amplifying and strengthening the expressions of the report which stated the regrets of the house that any interruption should have taken place in the harmony which had subsisted between the united states and france and modifying those which declared their hopes in the restoration of that affection which had formerly subsisted between the two republics so as to avoid any implication that the rupture of that affection was exclusively ascribable to france a motion was made by mr giles to expunge from the answer the following paragraphs when we advert to the internal situation of the united states we deem it equally natural and becoming to compare the present period with that immediately antecedent to the operation of the government and to contrast it with the calamities in which the state of war still involves several of the european nations as the reflections deduced from both tend to justify as well as to excite a warmer admiration of our free constitution and to exalt our minds to a more fervent and grateful sense of piety towards almighty god for the beneficence of his providence by which its administration has been hitherto so remarkably distinguished and while we entertain a grateful conviction that your wise firm and patriotic administration has been signally conducive to the success of the present form of government we cannot forbear to express the deep sensations of regret with which we contemplate your intended retirement from office as no other suitable occasion may occur we cannot suffer the present to pass without attempting to disclose some of the emotions which it cannot fail to awaken the gratitude and admiration of your countrymen are still drawn to the recollection of those resplendent virtues and talents which were so eminently instrumental to the achievement of the revolution and of which that glorious event will ever be the memorial your obedience to the voice of duty and your country when you quitted reluctantly a second time the retreat you had chosen and first accepted the presidency afforded a new proof of the devotedness of your zeal in its service and an earnest of the patriotism and success which have characterized your administration as the grateful confidence of the citizens in the virtues of their chief magistrate has essentially contributed to that success we persuade ourselves that the millions whom we represent participate with us in the anxious solicitude of the present occasion yet we cannot be unmindful that your moderation and magnanimity 
twice displayed by retiring from your exalted stations afford examples no less rare and instructive to mankind than valuable to a republic although we are sensible that this event of itself completes the lustre of a character already conspicuously unrivalled by the coincidence of virtue talent success and public estimation yet we conceive we owe it to you sir and still more emphatically to ourselves and to our nation of the language of whose hearts we presume to think ourselves at this moment the faithful interpreters to express the sentiments with which it is contemplated the spectacle of a free and enlightened nation offering by its representatives the tribute of unfeigned approbation to its first citizen however novel and interesting it may be derives all its lustre a lustre which accident or enthusiasm could not bestow and which adulation would tarnish from the transcendent merit of which it is the voluntary testimony may you long enjoy that liberty which is so dear to you and to which your name will ever be so dear may your own virtue and a nation's prayers obtain the happiest sunshine for the decline of your days and the choicest of future blessings for our country's sake for the sake of republican liberty it is our earnest wish that your example may be the guide of your successors and thus after being the ornament and safeguard of the present age become the patrimony of our descendants in support of this motion after urging the indelicacy of exulting over the misfortunes of others by contrasting our happiness with their misery mr giles said that with respect to the wisdom and firmness of the president he differed in opinion from the answer and though he might be singular yet it being his opinion he should not be afraid to avow it he had not that grateful conviction there mentioned and if he were to come there and express it he should prove an inconsistent character he should not go into a lengthy discussion on this point but if they turned their eyes to our foreign relations there would be found no reason to exult in the wisdom and firmness of the administration he believed on the contrary that it was from a want of wisdom and firmness that we were brought into our present critical situation if gentlemen had been satisfied with expressing their esteem of the patriotism and virtue of the president they might have got a unanimous vote but they could not suppose that gentlemen would so far forget self-respect as to join in the proposed adulation mr giles said he was one of those citizens who did not regret the president's retiring from office he hoped he would retire to his country seat and enjoy all the happiness he could wish and he believed he would enjoy more there than in his present situation he believed the government of the united states would go on without him the people were competent to their own government what calamities would attend the united states if one man alone was essential to their government he believed there were a thousand men in the united states who were capable of filling the presidential chair as well as it had been filled heretofore and although a clamor had been raised in all parts of the united states more or less from apprehensions on the departure of the president from office yet not feeling these apprehensions himself he was perfectly easy on the occasion he wished the president as much happiness as any man and hoping he would retire he could not express any regrets at the event and it would be extraordinary if gentlemen whose names in the yeas and nays are found in opposition to certain prominent measures of the administration should now come forward and approve those measures this could not be expected he for his part retained the same opinions he had always done with respect to those measures nor should any influence under heaven prevent him from expressing that opinion an opinion in which he was confident ere long all america would concur this motion was opposed with great earnestness by the party which had supported the administration 
the advantages which had resulted from the constitution were said to be too obvious to be controverted and it was maintained that a comparison of the present situation of the united states with its condition anterior to the adoption of that instrument or with the condition of foreign powers was natural and proper this comparison was made not for the purposes of exultation but of exciting just sentiments respecting their own conduct in reply to the observations respecting the president it was said that the whole course of his administration had demonstrated the correctness with which the terms wisdom and firmness were applied to it particular circumstances were stated in which these qualities had been preeminently displayed but the general impression which facts had made on the public mind was considered as dispensing with the necessity of stating the particular facts themselves it might be true they said that there were many others who could fill with propriety and advantage the presidential chair but no man could fill it who possessed in equal degree the confidence of the people the possession of this confidence enabled the chief magistrate to perform the duties of his office in a manner greatly conducive to the interests of the nation and the loss of so valuable a public servant was certainly just cause of regret with this sentiment the feelings of the community fully accorded in every part of the united states the declarations of their constituents attested the regrets with which this event was contemplated by them those gentlemen who did not participate in these feelings would have an opportunity to record their names with their opinions but those who did participate in them ought not to be restrained from expressing them the motion to strike out was lost after which the words the spectacle of a whole nation the freest and most enlightened in the world were amended so as to read the spectacle of a free and enlightened nation and the answer was carried by a great majority seventeen ninety seven early in the session the president communicated to congress in a special message the complaints alleged by the representative of the french republic against the government of the united states these complaints embracing most of the transactions of the legislative and executive departments in relation to the belligerent powers a particular and careful review of almost every act of the administration which could affect those powers became indispensable the principal object for the mission of general pinckney to paris having been to make full and fair explanations of the principles and conduct of the american government this review was addressed to that minister it presented a minute and comprehensive detail of all the points of controversy which had arisen between the two nations and defended the measures which had been adopted in america with a clearness and a strength of argument believed to be irresistible to place the subject in a point of view admitting of no possible misunderstanding the secretary of state had annexed to his own full and demonstrative reasoning documents establishing the real fact in each particular case and the correspondence relating to it this letter with its accompanying documents was laid before congress those who read these valuable papers will not be surprised that the president should have relied upon their efficacy in removing from the government of france all impressions unfavorable to the fairness of intention which had influenced the conduct of the united states and in effacing from the bosoms of the great body of the american people all those unjust and injurious suspicions which had been entertained against their own administration should their immediate operation on the executive of france disappoint his hopes he persuaded himself that he could not mistake their influence in america and he felt the most entire conviction that the accusations against the united states would cease with the evidence that those accusations were countenanced and supported by a great portion of the american people 
these documents were communicated to the public but unfortunately their effect at home was not such as had been expected and they were consequently inoperative abroad the fury of political controversy seemed to sustain no diminution and the american character continued to be degraded by reciprocal criminations which the two great parties made upon each other of being under a british and a french influence the measures particularly recommended by the president in his speech at the opening of the session were not adopted and neither the debates in congress nor the party publications with which the nation continued to be agitated furnished reasonable ground for the hope that the political intemperance which had prevailed from the establishment of the republican form of government in france was about to be succeeded by a more conciliatory spirit the president contemplated with a degree of pleasure seldom felt at the resignation of power his approaching retirement to the delightful scenes of domestic and rural life it was impossible to be absolutely insensible to the bitter invectives and malignant calumnies of which he had long been the object yet in one instance only did he depart from the rule he had prescribed for his conduct regarding them apprehending permanent injury from the republication of certain spurious letters which have been already noticed he on the day which terminated his official character addressed to the secretary of state the following letter he denies the authenticity of certain spurious letters published as his in seventeen seventy six dear sir at the conclusion of my public employments i have thought it expedient to notice the publication of certain forged letters which first appeared in the year seventeen seventy seven and were obtruded upon the public as mine they are said by the editor to have been found in a small portmanteau that i had left in the care of my mulatto servant named billy who it is pretended was taken prisoner at fort lee in seventeen seventy six the period when these letters were first printed will be recollected and what were the impressions they were intended to produce on the public mind it was then supposed to be of some consequence to strike at the integrity of the motives of the american commander-in-chief and to paint his inclinations as at variance with his professions and his duty another crisis in the affairs of america having occurred the same weapon has been resorted to to wound my character and deceive the people the letters in question have the dates addresses and signatures here following new york june twelfth seventeen seventy six to mr lund washington at mount vernon fairfax county virginia g w june eighteenth seventeen seventy six to john park custis esq the hon benedict calverts esq mount airy maryland g w new york july eighth seventeen seventy six to mr lund washington mount vernon fairfax county virginia g w new york july sixteenth seventeen seventy six to mr lund washington g w new york july fifteenth seventeen seventy six to mr lund washington g w new york july twenty second seventeen seventy six to mr lund washington g w june twenty fourth seventeen seventy six to mrs washington g w at the time when these letters first appeared it was notorious to the army immediately under my command and particularly to the gentlemen attached to my person that my mulatto man billy had never been one moment in the power of the enemy it is also a fact that no part of my baggage or any of my attendants were captured during the whole course of the war these well-known facts made it unnecessary during the war to call the public attention to the forgery by any express declaration of mine 
and a firm reliance on my fellow-citizens and the abundant proofs they gave of their confidence in me rendered it alike unnecessary to take any formal notice of the revival of the imposition during my civil administration but as i cannot know how soon a more serious event may succeed to that which will this day take place i have thought it a duty that i owed to myself to my country and to truth now to detail the circumstances above recited and to add my solemn declaration that the letters herein described are a base forgery and that i never saw or heard of them until they appeared in print the present letter i commit to your care and desire it may be deposited in the office of the department of state as a testimony of the truth to the present generation and to posterity except etc etc john adams elected president and thomas jefferson vice-president in february the votes for the first and second magistrates of the union were opened and counted in presence of both houses and the highest number appearing in favor of mr adams and the second in favor of mr jefferson the first was declared to be the president and the second the vice-president of the united states for four years to commence on the fourth day of the ensuing march on that day the members of the senate conducted by the vice-president together with the officers of the general and state governments and an immense concourse of citizens convened in the hall of the house of representatives in which the oaths were administered to the president the sensibility which was manifested when general washington entered did not surpass the cheerfulness which overspread his own countenance nor the heartfelt pleasure with which he saw another invested with the powers that had so long been exercised by himself general washington retires to mount vernon after the solemnities of the occasion had been concluded and he had paid to his successor those respectful compliments which he believed to be equally due to the man and to the office he hastened to that real felicity which awaited him at mount vernon the enjoyment of which he had long impatiently anticipated the same marks of respect and affection for his person which had on all great occasions been manifested by his fellow-citizens still attended him his endeavours to render his journey private were unavailing and the gentlemen of the country through which he passed were still ambitious of testifying their sentiments for the man who had from the birth of the republic been deemed the first of american citizens long after his retirement he continued to receive addresses from legislative bodies and various classes of citizens expressive of the high sense entertained of his services notwithstanding the extraordinary popularity of the first president of the united states scarcely has any important act of his administration escaped the most bitter invective political situation of the united states at this period on the real wisdom of the system which he pursued every reader will decide for himself time will in some measure dissipate the prejudices and passions of the moment and enable us to view objects through a medium which represents them truly without taking a full review of measures which were reprobated by one party and applauded by the other the reader may be requested to glance his eye at the situation of the united states in seventeen ninety seven and to contrast it with their condition in seventeen eighty eight at home a sound credit had been created an immense floating debt had been funded in a manner perfectly satisfactory to the creditors an ample revenue had been provided those difficulties which a system of internal taxation on its first introduction is doomed to encounter were completely removed and the authority of the government was firmly established funds for the gradual payment of the debt had been provided a considerable part of it had been actually discharged and that system which is now operating its entire extinction had been matured and adopted the agricultural and commercial wealth of the nation had increased beyond all former example 
the numerous tribes of warlike indians inhabiting those immense tracts which lie between the then cultivated country and the mississippi have been taught by arms and by justice to respect the united states and to continue in peace this desirable object having been accomplished that humane system was established for civilizing and furnishing them with the conveniences of life which improves their condition while it secures their attachment abroad the differences with spain had been accommodated and the free navigation of the mississippi had been acquired with the use of new orleans as a place of deposit for three years and afterwards until some other equivalent place should be designated those causes of mutual exasperation which had threatened to involve the united states in a war with the greatest maritime and commercial power in the world had been removed and the military posts which had been occupied within their territory from their existence as a nation had been evacuated treaties had been formed with algiers and with tripoli and no captures appear to have been made by tunis so that the mediterranean was opened to american vessels this bright prospect was indeed in part shaded by the discontents of france those who have attended to the particular points of difference between the two nations will assign the causes to which these discontents are to be ascribed and will judge whether it was in the power of the president to have avoided them without surrendering the real independence of the nation and the most invaluable of all rights the right of self-government such was the situation of the united states at the close of washington's administration their circumstances at its commencement will be recollected and the contrast is too striking not to be observed that this beneficial change in the affairs of america is to be ascribed exclusively to the wisdom which guided the national councils will not be pretended that many of the causes which produced it originated with the government and that their successful operation was facilitated if not secured by the system which was adopted will scarcely be denied to estimate that system correctly their real influence must be allowed to those strong prejudices and turbulent passions with which it was assailed accustomed in the early part of his life to agricultural pursuits and possessing a real taste for them general washington was particularly well qualified to enjoy in retirement that tranquil felicity which he had anticipated resuming former habits and returning to ancient and well-known employments he was familiar with his new situation and therefore exempt from the danger of that disappointment which is the common lot of those who in old age retire from the toils of business or the cares of office to the untried pleasures of the country a large estate which it exhibited many proofs of having been long deprived of the attentions of its proprietor in the management and improvement of which he engaged with ardour an extensive correspondence and the society of men and books gave employment to every hour which was equally innocent and interesting and furnished ground for the hope that the evening of a life which had been devoted to the public service would be as serene as its midday had been brilliant though devoted to these occupations an absolute indifference to public affairs would have been incompatible with that love of country which had influenced all his conduct feeling strong impressions in favour of that system with regard to foreign powers which had been adopted by himself and which was faithfully pursued by his successor he could not be inattentive to the immense and continued exertions made by a powerful party to overturn it yet for a time he sought to abstract himself from these political contests and to diminish the interest which his feelings impelled him to take in them his letters abounded paragraphs not unlike the following i have confidence however in that providence which has shielded the united states 
and the evils that have hitherto threatened them and as i believe the major part of the people of this country to be well affected to its constitution and government i rest satisfied that should a crisis ever rise to call forth the sense of the community it will be strong in support of the honour and dignity of the nation therefore however much i regret the opposition which has for its object the embarrassment of the administration i shall view things in the calm light of mild philosophy and endeavour to finish my course in retirement and ease but the designs of france were soon manifested in a form which to the veteran soldier and statesman of mount vernon appeared to be too dangerous as well as unequivocal to admit the preservation of this equanimity the french government refuses to receive general pinckney as minister in the executive of that republic general pinckney encountered dispositions of a very different character from that amicable and conciliatory temper which had dictated his mission after inspecting his letter of credence the directory announced to him their haughty determination not to receive another minister plenipotentiary from the united states until after the redress of grievances demanded of the american government which the french republic had a right to expect from it this message was succeeded first by indecorous verbal communications calculated to force the american minister out of france and afterwards by a written mandate to quit the territories of the republic this act of hostility was accompanied with another which would explain the motives for this conduct if previous measures had not rendered all further explanation unnecessary on giving to the recalled minister his audience of leave the president of the directory addressed a speech to him in which terms of outrage to the government were mingled with expressions of affection for the people of the united states and the expectation of ruling the former by their influence over the latter was too clearly manifested not to be understood to complete this system of hostility american vessels were captured wherever found and under the pretext of their wanting a document with which the treaty of commerce had been uniformly understood to dispense they were condemned as prize congress is convened president's speech this serious state of things demanded a solemn consideration on receiving from general pinckney the dispatches which communicated it the president issued his proclamation requiring congress to meet on the fifteenth day of june the firm and dignified speech delivered by the chief magistrate at the commencement of the session exhibited that sensibility which a high-minded and real american might be expected to feel while representing to the national legislature the great and unprovoked outrages of a foreign government adverting to the audience of leave given by the executive directory to colonel monroe he said the speech of the president discloses sentiments more alarming than the refusal of a minister because more dangerous to our independence and union and at the same time studiously marked with indignities towards the government of the united states it evinces a disposition to separate the people from their government to persuade them that they have different affections principles and interests from those of their fellow-citizens whom they themselves have chosen to manage their common concerns and thus to produce divisions fatal to our peace such attempts ought to be repelled with a decision which shall convince france and the world that we are not a degraded people humiliated under a colonial spirit of fear and sense of inferiority fitted to be the miserable instruments of foreign influence and regardless of national honour character and interest retaining still the desire which had uniformly been manifested by the american government to preserve peace and friendship with all nations and believing that neither the honour nor the interest of the united states absolutely forbade 
the repetition of advances for securing these desirable objects with france he should he said institute a fresh attempt at negotiation and should not fail to promote and accelerate an accommodation on terms compatible with the rights duties interests and honor of the nation but while he should be making these endeavors to adjust all differences with the french republic by amicable negotiation he earnestly recommended it to congress to provide effectual measures of defence three envoys extraordinary deputed to negotiate with france to carry into effect the pacific dispositions avowed in the speech three envoys extraordinary were appointed at the head of whom general pinckney was placed their instructions conformed to the public language of the president peace and reconciliation were to be pursued by all means compatible with the honor and the faith of the united states but no national engagements were to be impaired no innovation to be permitted upon those internal regulations for the preservation of peace which had been deliberately and uprightly established nor were the rights of the government to be surrendered the debates in the house of representatives on the answer to the speech were long and earnest two expressions approving the conduct of the executive with regard to foreign nations the opposition was ardent but unsuccessful on the third of june an answer was agreed to which contained sentiments worthy of an american legislature and for which several of the leaders of the opposition voted the speech of the president was well adapted to the occasion and to the times it was calculated to rouse those indignant feelings which a high-spirited people insulted and injured by a foreign power can never fail to display if their judgment be not blinded or their sensibility to external wrongs blunted by invincible prejudices he relied principally on the manifestation of these feelings for the success of the negotiation and on their real existence for the defence of the national rights should negotiation fail his endeavours were not absolutely unsuccessful some impression was made on the mass of the people but it was too slight to be productive of the advantages expected from it the conduct of france was still openly defended and the opinion that the measures which had been adopted by the executive of the united states furnished that republic with just cause of war was still publicly maintained and indefatigably circulated according to these opinions america could entitle herself to peace only by retracing the steps she had taken and yielding to the demands of her justly offended but generous and magnanimous ally still jealous for the honor as well as confident of the importance of his country in retaining that full conviction respecting the propriety of its measures which had induced their adoption general washington could not repress the solicitude with which he contemplated passing events his confidential letters disclosed the strong feelings of his own bosom but betrayed no apprehensions that the french government would press its present system to extremities he firmly believed that the hostile attitude it had assumed was to be exclusively ascribed to the conduct of those americans who had been the uniform advocates of all the pretensions of france and who were said to be supported by a real majority of the people and confidently expected that under the old pretext of magnanimous forbearance the executive directory would slowly and gradually recede from its present system so soon as the error in which it originated should become manifest the opinion he had always entertained of the good sense and patriotism of his fellow-citizens silenced every doubt respecting the manner in which they would act when their real situation should be perceived by themselves seventeen ninety eight for a considerable length of time no certain intelligence reached the united states respecting the negotiation at paris at length in the winter 
of seventeen ninety eight letters were received from the american envoys indicating an unfavorable state of things and in the spring dispatches arrived which announced the total failure of the mission history will scarcely furnish the example of a nation not absolutely degraded which has received from a foreign power such open contumely and undisguised insult as were on this occasion suffered by the united states in the persons of their ministers their treatment it was insinuated that their being taken from the party which had supported the measures of their own government furnished just cause of umbrage and under a slight pretext the executive directory delayed to accredit them as the representatives of an independent nation in this situation they were assailed by persons not indeed invested with formal authority but exhibiting sufficient evidence of the source from which their powers were derived who in direct and explicit terms demanded money from the united states as the condition which must precede not only the reconciliation of america to france but any negotiation on the differences between the two countries that an advance of money by a neutral to a belligerent power would be an obvious departure from neutrality though an insuperable objection to this demand did not constitute the most operative reason for repelling it such were the circumstances under which it was made that it could not be acceded to without a surrender of the real independence of the united states nor without being in fact the commencement of a system the end of which it was impossible to foresee mount vernon this colonial mansion overlooking the potomac river fifteen miles south of washington d c and famous as the home and burial place of the father of his country was built in seventeen forty three by washington's elder brother lawrence who called it mount vernon after admiral vernon under whom he had served in the british navy mount vernon which was much enlarged by president washington was by him bequeathed to bushrod washington upon whose death it came into the hands of john a washington his nephew who sold it in eighteen fifty eight to the ladies mount vernon association which holds it in trust as a national shrine a decided negative was therefore given to the preliminary required by these unofficial agents but they returned to the charge with wonderful perseverance and used unwearied arts to work upon the fears of the american ministers for their country and for themselves the immense power of france was painted in glowing colors the humiliation of the house of austria was stated and the conquest of britain was confidently anticipated in the friendship of france alone it was said could america look for safety and the fate of venice was held up to warn her of the danger which awaited those who incurred the displeasure of the great republic the ministers were assured that if they believed their conduct would be approved in the united states they were mistaken the means which the directory possessed in that country to excite odium against them were great and would unquestionably be employed this degrading intercourse was at length interrupted by the positive refusal of the envoys to hold any further communication with the persons employed in it meanwhile they urged the object of their mission with persevering but unavailing solicitude the directory still refused to acknowledge them in their public character and the secretary of exterior relations at unofficial visits which they made him renewed the demand which his agents had unsuccessfully pressed finding the objections to their reception and their official character insurmountable the american ministers made a last effort to execute the duties assigned to them in a letter addressed to the secretary of exterior relations they entered at large into the explanations committed to them by their government and illustrated by a variety of facts the uniform friendliness of its conduct to france notwithstanding the failure of this effort and their perfect conviction that all further attempts would be equally unavailing they continued with a passiveness 
which must search for its apology in their solicitude to demonstrate to the american people the real views of the french republic to employ the only means in their power to avert the rupture which was threatened and which appeared to be inevitable during these transactions occasion was repeatedly taken to insult the american government open war was continued to be waged by the cruisers of france on american commerce and the flag of the united states was a sufficient justification for the capture and condemnation of any vessel over which it weighed at length when the demonstration became complete that the resolution of the american envoys was not less fixed than their contract had been guarded and tempered various attempts were made to induce two of them voluntarily to relinquish their station on the failure of which they were ordered to quit the territories of the republic as if to aggravate this national insult the third who had been selected from that party which was said to be friendly to france was permitted to remain and was invited to resume the discussions which had been interrupted the dispatches communicating these events were laid before congress and were afterwards published the indignation which they excited was warm and extensive the attempt to degrade the united states into a tributary nation was too obvious to be concealed and the resentment produced as well by this attempt as by the threats which accompanied it was not confined to the federalists for the moment a spirit was roused on which an american may reflect with pride and which he may consider as a sure protection from external danger in every part of the continent the favorite sentiment was millions for defense not a cent for tribute the disposition still existed to justify france by criminating the american government by contending that her intentions were not really hostile that her conduct was misrepresented by men under british influence who wished for war or had been deceived by unauthorized intriguers that admitting it to be otherwise she only demanded those marks of friendship which at a critical moment she had herself afforded that the real interests of the united states required a compliance with this demand that it would cost more money to resist than to yield to it that the resistance would infallibly be ineffectual and that national honor was never secured by national defeat neither these sentiments nor the arguments which were founded on them accorded with the general feeling and it required the cooperation of other causes to establish the influence of those who urged them End of chapter four part three